Hey there, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus, Jesus. Thank you so much for being here. You said when we gathered in your name, you'd be here. We just appreciate that. We acknowledge you. We thank you for just taking over here and showing us what you want us to see. Open our eyes and our ears to have understanding. We thank you that you want us to know you, that we not, you want us to know your way. And so we just give you all the glory right now. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. So I want to tell you, yesterday I just had finished writing and um, I heard God say something to me that really got my attention. He said, that's why you can't see me. I don't remember what I was writing or what it was about or or anything, but it obviously had something to do with what I was thinking. And I didn't have time to sit there and um, absorb really what he was saying, but I was thinking that he was showing me that he didn't look how we thought he would look. So anyway, the next day I got back to it because I knew it was a writing I was to write. And I started writing and thinking, and he started showing me um, the night before, actually, he, he sent me on my errands, which I wasn't going to do until the next day. And um, I ended up at the gas station, and there was this man digging through the garbage cans. And when he got to the one by my pump, he was kicking that can. He was staring at me as if to say, can you see me? Can you see me? Do, do I have your attention? And um, he left the cover off and went to the next one. And all the other ones, I noticed he had the cover on. But he made such eye contact with me, and he really did scare me. And um, I was thinking, normally I would give someone some money, and I was thinking that he rubbed me the wrong way, and he was so angry and scary that I left. I just left, and, and God started talking to me about that. And he said he needed you. He was telling you he was afraid, or not afraid. He was telling you he was angry, and I was afraid, and you were afraid. And why? I have Jesus with me. Why would I be afraid? And why didn't I see? You know, God's been talking to me about going for him and and reaching out to people and caring about people that needed Jesus. And what did I do? I got in the car and drove away because I was afraid, because I didn't care enough. And I felt really bad when he said that. And he said, "Um, that's why you can't see me, because you would judge me. And he he started showing me um, the the need, really, of, I'm going to get back to that, because I don't want to get ahead of myself. But he, he, he was showing me that that man didn't need money. He needed Jesus. He needed to know what I knew. You know, the way he was acting, he was like, I felt like God was showing me, he was saying, how come you have a car? How come I don't have a car? What makes you any better than me? And then God started saying to me, you don't know what happened in his life. You don't know why he was so desperately digging through the garbage cans or what a life like that would be like. And um, he said he cares about him. And I was thinking of James. It says, if you uh, see a brother poorly clad and in need, and you say, um, actually, I have it right here. I'll just read it to you. If a brother or sister is poorly clad and lacks food for each day, and one of you says to him, goodbye, keep yourself warm and well-fed without giving him 
the necessities of the body, what good does that do? You know, God's been giving me that scripture for years, and he had pertained it to my gift. And so that's what he was saying. He needed Jesus. What if I would have took him out for a cup of coffee? What if I would have put aside how he looked and and how dirty he was and all the things that um, frightened me? If I would have just put that aside and said, come on, get in the car, I'm going to take you out for a cup of coffee or dinner or whatever, and started telling him about Jesus. What if he would have got saved? What if I could have actually helped that man and I so wish I could do it over and I had been listening? You know, sometimes I think what we do is, you know, we really are not really thinking what hypocrites we are, you know. I love Jesus and me and Jesus and, you know, I'm sitting here teaching you what God is teaching me. And then I think when I go to the store, I can just be a different person. I can just be me, which I'm really not. I do. I really believe I reflect Jesus, but apparently not all the way. I let my fear get in the way of that. And God does not give us a spirit of fear, fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so anyway, so I regret that, but I so appreciate that correction. And so, you know, God had been showing me how he looks and what he was saying to me is, I don't want you to know me by how I look physically. I want you to know me by my character, how I think. I mean, when we think about Jesus and yeah, he was here in a natural body, but he got on the ground with Mary and he didn't accuse her. They were all looking at her as being dirty. And he said, if you have no sin, throw a stone at her. Go ahead. We're all with sin. We're all dirty without him. And we need to be cleaned up. And so in in those moments of writing my article and putting my head down and crying and and thinking about this man and how much God loved him, that he sent me to him. He's sending us out. He said to do greater works, and that is to love. He sent me out, and I blew it because I was thinking about me, and this is my time off, and this man scared me. And, you know, God said to me so many times, be ready. Just always be ready. And he means be ready to do my work. Don't put, my, don't put me aside. Live that life. Don't be a hypocrite. And um, so... And the other thing that started going through my mind, his thoughts were that, um, you know, what if it was him standing out on the street on the corner with a sign waiting for an offering? What if that was him? How would we judge him? What if he never cut his hair? What if he didn't have on that white gown? What if he was here among us right now? What would that look like? How would we judge him? Ever walk by somebody that, you know, just thinks snubbed you or you didn't like what they had on or they just rubbed you the wrong way and you judged them? That's what God is saying is that we're doing that and that's not who he is. He has so much compassion for us. He really does. He has so much care and compassion for us. And he he said we're made in his likeness. 
and he looks at us as equal to him. I mean, look what Jesus did. He got right down in the dirt. He got beat up. He got spit at. He got mocked at. He was crucified. He laid down his life for you and I. I mean, that's getting pretty darn low. That is humbling yourself. And we think we're too good for that. Isn't that how the Pharisees were? They were all prim and proper. And, you know, I'm sure they had to look a certain way. And then they made Jesus look like he was less than them. They spit on him and and beat him up and just treated him totally rotten. And, you know, that's how we are. That's how we are without God. And um, we need to get it together and stop judging others because they are made in his likeness. They are like him. We are like him. And um, he might be walking around in a flannel shirt with holes in it and um, a long beard and long hair and out on the street and, and you snub him. What would that be like? Doesn't the Bible say, be careful, you may be entertaining angels? God is inside of each and every one of us. So he is here. He is among you. And if he's a guy out on the street holding the sign, waiting for an offering, and we snub him or we judge him and think he should be getting a job, what do we think we know? We don't know anything. We don't know anything unless God shows it to us. I couldn't see myself without him showing himself, myself to me. We can't see without him. We once were blind, and now we think we can see, but we really can't. Yeah, I learned that. You can't see um, yourself until he actually shows him, yourself to, to you. Reminds me of what Jesus said, get the plank out of your eye before you think you can get the speck out of your brother's eye. And so this message today, I think, is really um, his compassion, him wanting you to know that you aren't here for yourself. And if you see a brother poorly clad, don't just pray for him and send him off on his way. You know, I can't get that picture out of my mind with that man kicking the garbage can and him staring at me like, notice me. I'm angry. I don't have food. Are you going to do anything about it? Or are you just going to get in your car and drive away? Because you think you're better than I am. I wasn't thinking I was better than him, but I was afraid. And maybe that is thinking we're better than the other person. I got an excuse. I'm afraid. I can't touch that. It's dirty. Who are we? (laughs) We call ourselves Christians, and you know what? I'm being transparent with you, but um, I am sure that you're probably just as imperfect as I am. I feel God prompting me to tell you another time. There was a man, and um, I was walking, and it was pretty early in the morning, and he was digging in the dumpster, and he was scary, and he gave me that same look, really. And God said, go tell him that I love him. And I did. And he just stared at me like he wanted to kill me. And he said, tell him again. I said, God loves you. And he said, get out of here. And he said it in such a scary way, and I wanted to go. And um, I did, but I said it again. And um, that was so many years ago. 
And after this experience today, I'm going to do it right this time. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to care about what God cares about. You know, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Care about what I care about. That's what he's saying. If you love someone, you care about what they care about. You do. And so we need to love him with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And think about what he's thinking about. You know, I stop for a quick second at the gas station and said, God, you don't want me to give him anything, do you? I mean, this guy looks mean and crazy. And I even thought about telling the gas attendant that there's this crazy man out here. And I didn't give God a chance to answer me. But he certainly did answer me the next day, the next morning. He certainly did. And so... It starts with asking Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, to let him show you who he is and then be who he is. Be brought up, be recreated in his likeness. Verse 17 says, So also faith, if it does not have works and deeds and actions of obedience to back it up, is destitute of power, inoperative, and dead. You know, sometimes we think we have faith, but if we're walking away from people, that need us, we really don't have faith because we're concerned of ourselves, right? Verse 16 says, And one of you says to him, Goodbye, keep yourself warm and well-fed. Without giving him the necessities of the body, what good does that do? So faith, if it does not have works, actions of obedience to back it up, is destitute of power, inoperative, and dead. My faith was dead. I can't say I have faith if I can't help someone in need. And so it really, really comes down to knowing his thoughts. You know, I think of so many people that tell me they can't hear God. And if you did hear God, you might not like what he's saying. You might not like um, what he's saying to you. And um, sometimes when we do hear God, we do feel convicted and we don't like it and we walk away and we just ignore him. But God is saying, don't ignore me. You were made in my likeness. We're all at the same level. No one's better than anyone else. And then, of course, God is God, and he is the highest, and he is the supreme. supreme. But what did he do? He humbled himself. What kind of God is that? What kind of love is that? We got to get to know that love. So anyway, he said, I want you to know me by character. I don't want you to have me to look at. You know, that's... People say, I can't talk to God. I can't see him. You're not supposed to see him. You're supposed to see who he is. So I got that message for you today. If you didn't get anything else out of it, you're not supposed to see what he looks like. That's the coolest thing when he talks to you. I love it when he talks to me and gives me that revelation knowledge and tells me things like that. I love who he is. And I haven't seen him physically but I have seen him on the inside. That's what he wants us to do. Imagine him. Imagine his love and be like him. Be recreated in his likeness. Stop thinking that you're so great. Stop walking the earth and looking down at other people because you may be looking down at your father because he is, you are looking down at him because he is on the inside of all of us. And if you're looking down on one, you're looking down on him. And yet, some people haven't asked him to come live on the inside of them. But um, he's still, that is still his child, and he cares for his child. And how can that child come in agreement with him 
if we're showing the a God that's not even who he is. If you call yourself a Christian and you're acting um, like I act that day, like you're better and they're not good enough, and um, that you don't care, and you just drive away, then you're really not a Christian. And um, we got to fix that. I got to fix that. And I, I want to fix that. I want another chance. And I'm going to be more attentive, attentive to God. But, <clears throat> you know, so often we're in such a hurry and we don't listen. Even that day that I got up, you know, he, he probably wanted to tell me more then. And he would have prepared me for um, that evening. But I got up and I walked away because I was busy. I had my own agenda, and but I did hear him the next day when I sat down. So when you give him atten- your attention, you do hear him. Anyway, um, I was thinking that so many people think that it's weird to hear him and you can't hear him, but how can you go and be his disciple if you can't hear him, if you can't know his thoughts? How can you know him if you can't hear him and you can't hear his thoughts? So it's something that we need to do. We need to know him. Um, so if you never met Jesus before and you want him to come and live on the inside of you, then I want to offer to pray with you right now. Um, Revelation 3.20 says that he is knocking at the door of your heart. And if you invite him in, he's going to come in and he's going to dine with you. That means he's going to hang out with you. He's going to be there. And when you ask him a question, he's going to answer if you give him enough chance, if you give him a minute. He will answer you, and um, he's going to be there for you all the time. He told the disciples, you know, they got pretty close when he was here. He said, I'm going to go, and they were grieving, and he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to live on the inside of you. He's going to take my place, God's Spirit, on the inside of us, and he's going to take my place. He's going to be your counselor, your standby, anything you need. He's going to tell you things to come. He's going to remind you of the things I said. He's going to give you comfort, whatever you need. And so when you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit comes, and he's there for you all the time. And so <clears throat> that's what you're doing when you pray this prayer today. And then he's going to train you up, and he's going to recreate you in his likeness, and that comes by thinking his thoughts, knowing him and how he thinks, thinking his thoughts. That's what he's going to do. He's going to train you. It's not a prayer to get to heaven. It's not like that at all. It's a relationship and um, one that you need to cherish. And anyway, when you're in relationship with him, when you're committed to him, he's calling you to go to do his work like he was telling me to do. And um, sometimes you're going to blow it, but that's how you get to know him by that experience. And so anyway, let's say that prayer. And then Jesus will come live on the inside of you. And then he's going to teach you his way. And then he's going to prepare you for heaven. So good. He's so in love with you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for showing me myself. And show us all how, how we're acting and what we're doing and how we're misrepresenting you. Show us, Lord. And for the person that never asked you to come and live on the inside of them, I just want to pray with them right now that you would come. We're opening the door to your knock right now. We're asking you to come live on the inside of us and be our God and teach us your way. 
Show us things to come. Counsel us. Be our, be our everything. Be our energy. Thank you for enlightening us. We love you so much. We want to know your way. We want to imitate you. We want to do your work. We love you and praise you. We give you all the glory. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Romans says, when you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And that's what you just did. And when you call on him, that means you believe him and you're looking for direction. And he's going to give it to you. And sometimes it's correction. It doesn't feel so good, like I just shared with you. But when he shows you yourself, that is growing you up, maturing you to be like him. He wants to send you out to do his work. So John 1 tells us that he is his word, and so to get to know him, you got to take the energy, the effort to look at the word. And if you start in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that is the fastest way to get to know Jesus. And then you're going to know what he did for you. He laid down his life for you. He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. He made you right with the Father. And then he's going to teach you how to act. He's going to teach you how to be. He's going to teach you his way. He's going to teach you about the Holy Spirit. It's really, really awesome to know him. And so that's how you get to know him. And then he's going to share his thoughts with you. And then you're going to know his way. And um, he's going to send you on assignments. He's going to grow you up. Yeah, you're probably going to fail a few times. But you can learn from those experiences. He's so in love with you. So don't forget to take that time to listen to his word. Get quiet, listen for his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice, they follow me, and I give them eternal life. John 10, 27, 28. So follow him. That is your part, to be committed to him now and follow him. And he's going to show you. He's going to train you. He's going to get you ready for heaven. And, of course, he has things for you to do here and now. So get on the floor every morning, put in some worship music, and just listen to him talk to you. Let him correct you. Open the Word of God and expect him to talk to you. That's faith when you expect. Expect to be corrected because he loves those he corrects. He's going to show you his way and he wants you to act like him and represent him. You know, John 15, 1 through 8, Jesus said that he is the vine. The Father is a vine dresser and we are the branches and he's going to clean us up. And we're going to come in agreement with him, and then we're going to ask whatever we will, and then we're going to be proving to be true disciples of his and glorify the Father. He said all that in those eight verses. And he said you can do nothing on your own. So if you jump off that vine, and you can, you're just going to be a dead branch. You can't do it without him. You need him. So thank you so much for listening today. And if you said that prayer, I'd love it so much. If you let me know if I inspired you in any way, I'd love to hear your comments. Thank you.